Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. We're going to jump right to it. We have an awesome lineup of callers, and we're starting the show in India, the booming Hyderabad. A very warm welcome to Avajit. Avajit, how are you? We're doing well, Molly, and, you know, really, really thankful for inviting me to share, you know, a little bit about my situation here today. Well, I am grateful for you because I'm always looking for folks around the world, and I am really uh, appreciate you're doing this late. What time is it for you now? Well, it is around 8.30 in the evening. Ooh, 8.30. Okay. Thank you very, very much. Thank your family also for sharing you. So we really appreciate that. I am uh, keen to hear a little about, about you and then the uh, tough talk that's on your mind. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a you know, career coach. I help you know people make uh, career decisions, sometimes you know, those that are cru- crucial. Um, and I've been in the field of human resources uh, for the last 15 years and primarily in leadership development. Um, and yeah, I've been in India all my life, <laughs> uh, you know, working in this country um, since the time, you know, I started working. So, yeah, to talk a little bit about the situation, of course, uh, you know, so sometime back, I was uh, leading a project and it was a not a, not a very big project. It was just, you know, I leading it and there were three other uh, members in, in that project. And coincidentally, all of them were women. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we needed to you know, produce a document or a guide of the sorts. And uh, they were, you know, running the brains, you know, as to how to, you know, go about it, how to design it, how to sequence it, what should be the flow of the document, uh, which would be in a really, really useful or user-friendly for people, you know, who go through it. Uh, So they they produced, you know, some ideas and I shared my feedback about that. And we kind of pretty much locked in uh, one of the options. And then, you know, they had a timeline by which, you know, they would produce the first draft of that. Uh, So a day before the deadline, one of the team members, the project members reached out to me saying that, another member really changed all of the design, you know, that they had been working on until then. And that means, you know, everything was up in the air. They were not sure if they could produce the document the next day. And uh, that person was also a little miffed that it was done without consulting them. Um, And she also, you know, showed me uh, the new document or the design of the document, you know, uh, that uh, this other person was working on, and it felt like you know from what she said that that they were kind of you know forced to accept that you know that's what's going to be the design. So now you know I had to have a chat with this person who proposed this new design, uh, and you know who who kind of uh, seemed like she felt that you know that would be the the best thing you know to do in this case and so on and so forth. 
And a couple of things, you know, that I wanted to figure out, of course, you know, his, uh, her, you know, logic or reason as to why she felt that the new design would be the better one, although we had agreed on one of the options previously. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing also was that I perhaps wanted to tell her that, you know, just stick with the plan. Otherwise, you know, we're going to get delayed because this needs to be produced and, and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, so it was essentially a difficult conversation that I needed to have. Uh, but when I really went and spoke to her, uh, I found that, you know, she had solid reasons to do it. Uh, and the new design, in fact, you know, was in certain ways uh, meant, you know, serve better, you know, to the users of that guide. Uh, but then, you know, we were out of time. I mean, we really did not have, you know, so much of time to work on this new thing. So I had to, you know, kind of tell her to stick to the old plan because that is, uh, you know, it consumed a lot of efforts already. So, so you know, it, it kind of, I don't know, I mean, how to put it, but maybe you know, I was in a pickle. <laughs> I'm, I'm smiling with you, my friend. And that <laughs> is, uh, that's not, that's not an easy one for you to navigate. So thank you for sharing it. Uh, could you share with me, were these three folks, people you'd worked with, uh, had much of a longstanding relationship? Yes, that is true. And um, they were, I mean, we were all part of the same team. Uh, and what also in you know, a complicated is uh, one of the members was my direct report. The other two were not, but, you know, we were all, you know, part of the same team. We had, you know, worked before, uh, on, you know, various other projects. So you know, we did have history. Right. And so for listener's sake, we're just curious, and I'll, I'll, I'll share some thoughts. How did it roll? You ended up sticking with the plan and everyone was happy. Were people unhappy? Just kind of give us the punchline on how it, how it wrapped. Yes. I think, you know, one of the major things that came up in that conversation uh, that of course, you know, all of us were trying to be agile and do the best that we thought would help the users because that is what, uh, you know, meant the most. That is what mattered the most. So definitely, you know, there was a, uh, you know, a lot of, I would say, solid reason to that and justification to that. Uh, and what, you know, made it a dilemma was, well, do we really go with the best that we can do? Or do we do the best, you know, that we can do within the timeline that we have? So that trade-off, you know, became really, really difficult uh, to choose. Um, but yeah, but, but, you know, in the end, we went with the new design, <laughs> which uh, was, you know, meant to serve our users uh, much better. Great, great. Well, that's great. That's a great outcome. So as listeners know, generally, when you have these tough talks, a, a great level set is starting with the me, you, we frame, right? So me, what's going on for Abhijit? So even when you're having that first conversation, you might share with us like what was going on for you. You're like shocked. Or you're like, wow, what's going on? Love to hear your initial gut response. Yeah. I mean, when it was the first time I came to know from one of the team members that we're not doing, you know, what we had agreed to do and we had already worked on that, you know, for so many days and things just changed, you know, the previous night, I think, you know, I was a little fearful that we will not be able to deliver the project uh, on time. Uh, the second thing I was like, 
but why? I mean, we had already spoken about this. We weighed, you know, a lot of options and that's the one, you know, we had locked on. So uh, locked on in. So why, why would we, you know, change this stuff? And uh, I think, you know, because I was leading the project, um, the, the responsibility or the accountability of the project was on me. But of course, you know, I never wanted to compromise on the user experience. Uh, I, mean, so I think, you know, I was curious in, in a way, but I was also afraid at the same time that, you know, it, it's going to land us in a soup. Yeah, I love it. I love that you can articulate it. And for listeners, this is part of the emotional intelligence. Can you actually articulate what's going on for you, which is great. And those are very legit. And I think it's something to be transparent about too and to not feel bad about this. Wow, I'm a little bit scared about this because, wow, what if we, you know, don't make the date? Um, and I can yeah. just want to offer, and I'm, I'm sure you did, when folks share some tough news, the first thing you say is, wow, thanks so much. So grateful to know. That may not have been easy to say. Boom. So you acknowledge the person before we worry about doing anything about it. Um, I think the the fact that that she bubbled it up, but also didn't have, uh, wasn't talking to the other person about it just shows a little bit of whether it's fear or just kind of a team thing. Because you would think that when that happens, someone might be like, hey, wait a second. I'm, you know, I, I appreciate this. Can we talk about it? Right. So I think that that's a dynamic to just hold in your thought for a moment, because we're going to come back to how you can debrief this whole thing. Right. Um, but I love how you talked about the trade-off, and I think that's the team thing. So once you have this, it's about transparency with the team. Um, and you could pull that other person aside and just say, hey, you know, I just found out about X. And, you know, I just really appreciate um, learning a little bit more. I call this the seek first to understand, right? And you can just acknowledge, hey, I know you're working really hard. I know that you want to do the right thing for the client. I'm, I uh, just found this out. I'm, I am a little bit surprised. So I, I just appreciate understanding. And as you did, right, she, she lays it out. Um, so I think once you've got that, you can approach the whole team and say, hey, there's some new information going on here. We've put it out here. And we want to think about what best serves the whole. If we take our egos aside, what do we think best serves a whole? And then what can we physically do? And that's a negotiation that you folks um, do. And it sounds like you made that great. So that is probably how you handle it. But I just throw that out as, as how I might unpack that. I think the real opportunity now, and it is just to create the shared reality of what happened and to be better for this little bump in the road. So um, I'll just offer a, a little bit of a debrief saying, hey, you know, we, whatever the outcome was, you know, people were happy and we pulled it off. And you might say, hey, I want to pull the team together because it's a really great learning opportunity and no, no, no blame, not saying anyone's good or better, right or wrong. Um, but I want to highlight that what's really important to me as leaders is that everyone on the team is is really open in how we communicate and being upfront. And so I, I appreciate so and so may have a different idea, right? And I, I want us to make sure that we're engaging everyone openly and that people feel like you all have a voice. And I think having a dialogue about what happened is really, really healthy. And you can set the stage in that it's a very positive learning. Thing. You're not trying to, you know, make anyone look bad, but out of that, I would hope that you guys could align and say, "Hey, you know, when we decide something, we decide if there's new information, you learn something new. Great, 
love it. And please raise it for the team so that we don't go through fire drills like this again. So I just pause there. How is that landing for you? Yeah, I think what you raised is a great point because it was a lot about the team dynamics uh, because, you know, this uh, person, you know, was working on this new design. The two were really opposed to it for whatever reasons, you know, I think because timeline was on their mind as well. Uh, and, you know, what I really didn't want to happen is that the, the dynamics change or get altered in such a way that they're not able to work together in the future in a constructive way. So that was playing on my mind. And the other, you know, perspective, and let me be a little open here, express my vulnerability, was also that if I now go and support this new design and say that, you know what, yeah, it's really better, let's do it, and so on and so forth, would I come across as finicky because the other two were considering this person finicky? They, oh, you change, you know, things very last moment. And so you know, would it, you know, alter my image as a leader as well? So, you know, that was also, you know, running pretty heavy on my mind. Very great point. And thank you for being vulnerable, being real. And we all know that's how we build trust. So I, I really want to uh, recognize you for that. And very valid. I think this is a notion of what I call new information, you know, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about change at the end of the show. Um, I think that this is where as a team dynamic, folks have to say, hey, we want to be open, even if it might be news we don't think other people want to hear. And that's on everybody. So I just, you can just say, hey, you know, we went through a lot of hoops here. You can kind of be laugh cheeky about it, say, but it was a little bit stressful, right? And, um, and, I, and I think, and I want us to be better for this. So I want everyone to own their role and perhaps bad on me for not, you know, pick something that perhaps you could have done, Abhijit, you know, perhaps I wasn't sticking with each of you uh, syncing up so that I was aware even if you think that may not have been your role, own what you can own, Abhijit, right? And then say, hey, what do we want to have happen here? And I think the transparency is just, if there's new information, there could be a better way to serve the users. We're not making this a win-lose amongst the teammates. Let's think about what serves the whole, what serves the user base. And let's be objective about that and calling that out. This isn't a win-lose, good, bad, you know, and you know, in some cases, you may come up with a better solution. And the answer is we had to commit to a deadline. We have to make the deadline. We're going to stick with plan A because the deadline is the higher priority. If that's the case, that's the case, right? If, if in fact, the higher value add takes precedence, then you could make that call. That's where you might listen to everyone, right? And perhaps it's not clear. Then you're as a leader saying, I'm hearing everyone. I'm making the decision and here's why. And we're going with it. So I think that's where you want to help people realize if you're the decision maker, you're the decision maker. They have to make peace with that. And you can say, I understand it's not optimal and here's why I'm making it. But because you're the decision maker, that's just how it goes. And I think for anyone, by the way, listening, when you, you know, you have to make peace with that. Otherwise, you have to leave. If you don't think the person making the decision should be the person, then, you know, you have to make a choice on your own. So let me just pause there. Does that help you? wrap your head around how you can somehow divorce like the impact on you, right? And come out still thinking about what serves the whole. Yes, I think absolutely, Molly, you know, that's, that's a great point. 
And now, you know, when you're saying all of this, I'm also realizing what made it really very difficult for me and personally for me is that, you know, I practice a more participative leadership style. And for me, you know, to kind of rise up to that occasion and say that, hey, you know what, I am making this decision for the group might have just, you know, kind of impacted my not only thoughts, but also in my style of communication in a certain way. Yeah, it's great. You know, I think this is a really important um, uh, option for leaders to realize you have range. You may have a, a much more participative style and that's what you want. And then to expand the range, sometimes you need to be more decisive or I would call command and control, which is a very valid way of being. There's nothing wrong inherently with that. You have to look at the situation. If you're the one ultimately accountable and make the call. And, and have people respect that. And since you have ongoing relationships with people, say, hey, I understand you may not like it. Here's the reason I'm making it so that we best serve the users and that we as a group, right, uh, maintain our credibility uh, and our, uh, you know, uh, authority, if you will, to, to do what we're supposed to be doing. Um, I'm, I am curious now in, in terms of after the fact, how would you say the team relations are? Yeah, I would say, you know, the team relations, I mean, as much at that point, I thought, you know, it's going to be really, you know, devastating. Well, it is not. Uh, Of course, I think uh, people realize that this would be, you know, the best product. I mean, if we take that route, you know, for our users. So uh, after, you know, we made the decision, uh, people definitely you know, devoted themselves you know, to go by that. Uh, but the other thing uh, that I also did is I renegotiated the timelines with the stakeholders. So I think you know, that was important for uh, the team to kind of you know, get that space to be able to do justice with you know, the, the, the new you know, design. Well, otherwise, you know, I think you know, for me personally, I, I would have you know, felt that it wasn't really a fair deal for them. I mean, we're changing things last moment, but you know the timelines remain the same. And that was another difficult conversation. But I'll you know save it for another episode uh, with the stakeholders. Uh, but I think you know I had overestimated how this would make the relationships uh, sour. But in reality, that 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 didn't happen. That's great. I'd love to hear that. It's great to confirm that as you do a debrief. And I think having gone through that, the good, bad, and the ugly. So if you do a group debrief, good, bad, and ugly, and have people own things that they would do differently, because it's important for the other team members to say, you know, for the person who kind of, if you will, forced it down people's throats, even though that may not have been what she'd wanted, appreciating that that was their experience and her owning that, you know what, I was kind of like, you know, on a mission and I was too aggressive on that. And if I had just been more objective and helped you see it, I hope it would not have landed as if you were being forced. So it's important to have those kinds of dialogues and help people find those kinds of words because yeah, that, that you can take this little mishap and be way stronger for it, which is what I wish for. So I, uh, we, will, we will save the other one for a later time because I, I had some thoughts on that. But I, we talked about a lot, Avajit. Do you have a top takeaway for us? Yeah, I, I think what I'm really taking away is that perhaps in the moment we assume that, you know, things will be 
in a certain way in the future, but maybe you know things will not be that way, or you know we overestimate the impact of these uh, you know situations or these conversations. The other one, I think, is also well how to be, be decisive and communicate that uh, with the group, and in a way, you know, kind of help them see the reasoning behind it. Um, and almost negotiated with the team, you know, if you will. Um, and of course, you know, the greatest of all that the whole is much more important than the parts. I love it. I'm so grateful for you calling in, Abhijit. Keep me posted. Anything I can do to be a little bit helpful, I'm here for you. I want to thank you for being part of the solution and you take good care and have a nice rest of your evening. Yeah, and thanks for, you know, your listening in and, you know, giving me the suggestions and, you know, the, the, the direction with this. Thanks, Molly. Yeah, my pleasure. We'll, t- we'll keep in touch. Take good care. Yeah, you too. Bye. Okay, folks, before my next caller, there is more help for you with my resources on my website, sayitskillfully.com. Encourage you to check out my free mini course and get a head start on how you can speak up more positively and productively in any situation. Okay, we're coming back to the States and to the Washington, D.C. area. I am delighted that Aaron is joining us. Aaron, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hi, Molly. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to talk today. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. Tell us a little bit about you and what's top of mind for you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my career background is that I got my degree in civil engineering and uh, after college went on to work for an engineering firm doing building repair projects. So it was pretty technical work in terms of creating designs, doing calculations, et cetera. And then I got my professional engineering license and last summer decided to make a bit of a career pivot. So I'm now working for um, a large engineering company, but doing a very different skill set. I'm working with sustainability consulting. Um, So it's very research-based, a lot of writing, technical writing, um, and presenting skills and working um, a lot of muscles I didn't work at my previous position. But I've been really enjoying it. Um, something I want to talk about today is I actually have my annual performance review coming up in the next week or two. Um, I've done performance reviews with my previous company, but it just being a smaller company, they were much more casual um, and just working for a larger company. They're, they're much more formal and a little more daunting. So I'd love to talk today about how I can best approach that conversation. I want to get as much out of it as I can. Um, I only get a few formal touch points with my manager throughout the year. Um, So I just want to take advantage of this opportunity to talk to her, um, talk about goals. And a big thing for me is not wanting to regress in my career just because I've taken a big career pivot. Um, You know, my last position, I was doing a lot of project management and managing my own clients. And moving into this position, I had to spend the last year doing a lot of learning Um, both in what my new position is and developing these slightly different skill sets. Um, But that doesn't mean I don't want to continue to manage projects and work with clients directly. So that's something I'm kind of trying to figure out. Uh, I love it. Civil engineering, going technical, yay. (laughs) I have an engineering degree too. I never ended up working 
I've worked a bit during school, but not post-college. So I am cheering for you all the way. I love it. And uh, kudos for you for making the pivot, which is sometimes not easy. And perhaps we'll come back to that, how you made that decision, because I think that could be interesting for listeners um, in terms of being in charge and, and developing the path that you think is going to best serve you. So performance reviews, I love that you're being intentional and thinking about it in advance. I love it. So that's first and foremost. Uh, one thing I would just ask, so I know, sounds like a little bit more formal of a process. Do you feel like you understand mechanics of how they do it? Do you put in some feedback and the boss comes back? Do you have an existing um, set of uh, objectives that and criteria that they're looking at? Just help me a little bit with the the yeah. Context. So a couple months ago, I filled out a self-performance assessment, which was a form asking me various questions. And then I did a goal setting exercise. So it's all been very formal and, you know, filling out forms and answering questions. But this conversation will be like our opportunity to talk about it more organically. Great. And could you characterize your relationship with your boss now, super close, talk to her all the time. I mean, how do you just give us a little sense of how your dynamic with her is? Yeah. So we check in once every other week. Um, she is in a completely different part of the country. So um, kind of dealing with the dynamic of your manager not being in the office with you. Um, but uh, she's very supportive and definitely takes on more of a people manager role and sort and in terms of she manages my workload, but she doesn't manage my projects themselves. So she's um, maybe doesn't always have the insight on exactly what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis, which is why this conversation would be a great opportunity to be able to tell her all the things I've been able to accomplish that she might not have as much insight into. Super. I'm going to add something because I think in addition to what I'd call getting shared reality on what Erin's doing and how she's doing and the impact there's also an opportunity to use this to strengthen and develop the relationship you'd like with your boss so that you can be even better supported and do even more amazing work. And I think it's, um, I think it's really, it's great that you have a supportive boss. It's not easy when the person is sort of far away and there's not, you know, a regular touch point every other week is, is great that it's consistent. Certainly not a lot. Right. So that it might be something to think about. I don't know how many people she manages. Do you know how many people she manages? Uh, about 10 to 15. Okay. So it's a good crew of people. So you can be mindful of that. But I just would encourage, Aaron, that you think about huh, how, you know, you want to do your best work. Um, what else would that if she might do could help you to do that? So that it's a real co-creating of a relationship, right? It's not just the manager's job to like kind of say this is the way it is, you have a voice in that. So I want to empower you to have that. Okay. Um, so now the performance, if you go down it, can you, you know, I, I think part of it is just getting ready for that. And so before you get into the task part, I think about this as your energy when you come in and, and, you know, you might just share with me, like when you think about going in there, what comes up for you? How are you feeling about it? I mean, just because of the formality of all that I didn't experience in my last job, like there's definitely a certain level of nerves for really no reason. Um, but um, otherwise, I'm feeling really good about it. I'm really confident in the work I've done the past year, and I expect the conversation to be really positive. 
Awesome. I love that. I love that you're acknowledging the nerves and that there is no reason for that. So I want to really encourage game on, full on enthusiasm. When you come in there, take no prisoners, Aaron, dominating. Okay. So, <laughs> so, and, and not, and I can hear it in your voice. You're not someone I'm worried about coming across in an arrogant fashion. There may be folks I would not say that to, but I, I do want to really empower you. If you think about, um, and I don't know, did you, did you play any sports by any chance when you were in tennis? Class? Yes. Okay. So when you think about being game on, right, you don't go in, oh, God, maybe, maybe I'll win. You know, maybe, maybe I'll hit an ace. You go in, you're like, I'm here to take no prisoners. So mm-hmm. I would encourage you getting into that mindset of winning that match at all costs, because that's the confident, you know, self-assured, make it happen person. And that, you know, what boss doesn't want that walking in the room? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or onto the Zoom. So I just, I really want to offer that that sets the stage uh, listeners have heard me say the word meta skills, the energy, the vibe, right? It might be a game on, take no prisoners. That's the Aaron that shows up when that Zoom turns on. Okay. So that really sets the stage. And then my question is, um, are you going to, right now, are you going to go through the, um, the, the document? Is that how the generally goes? Do you have any idea? It sounds like it'll be a little bit more organic. She's already had the chance to read over everything I've written. Um, so it won't be like going line by line. Okay, great. So I'm not sure she'll start, but I think you should be prepared, you know, because if I were the boss, I'd say, so Aaron, tell me about how you, how you think you're doing. So that's when you want to think, okay, how do I want to come across? And those are important points. And, you know, this last year, I, I would start with a shout out of appreciation for her. Hey, first and foremost, I'm thrilled to be here and I'm really grateful and specific, you know, things that she's done for you. So you show that level of gratitude, right? That just acknowledges the other human being. And then you might say, these are the, you know, I, I, I wrote, you wrote up the thing. And as I wrote it up, I really had a chance to really reflect. And you might just say my, you know, three areas that I think I've really learned the most, uh, three areas I made the most impact. You know, I'm not here to organize it for you, but I think you want to have a very clear sense of the highlights for you and the areas that I want to grow. So I think if you have, I call that like the bit of the executive summary. I thought about this a lot. It doesn't have to be like practiced and you have notes. That's fine. I wrote this down, this one, two, and three and engage in a dialogue back and forth more than a monologue, I think is really great. And, you know, I would just think your boss is great at doing performance review, sometimes bosses aren't that comfortable, which is okay. So you just want to meet them where they are too. So you realize that maybe it's not the most comfortable thing for them either. So let me just pause. How's that landing? No, yeah, I'm over here furiously taking notes. Take take your time. (laughs) Take your time and take notes. Yeah, absolutely. I think like having some kind of structure and intro would make me feel more at ease going into it as well. Yeah. And so I think you want to go in and say, if you're a little bit nervous, I'm a little bit nervous, right? But I'm really, really super excited. So that's, we're not trying to fake it. You know, I'm not this fake it till you make it thing. I don't, I don't quite get that. You know, just show up the way you are, acknowledge the boss and then talk specifics. And you have a point of view. She may have something and she's the boss. She may go on. That's great. But you want to know how you would. Have. And so, um, you know, I, I don't know if there's a, is there an overall score? Like we had like outstanding, very good. I mean, what's the rating uh, program? I'm not even sure. <laughs> so in advance 
of the session, I would poke around and say, hey, just like, what is this? Like, are we getting a letter? Am I getting a number? Am I in the top 50? What is, what is this? How does it go? And, you know, this is just you doing some research so you're better informed about the process. Yeah, definitely. All right. So not to put you totally on the spot, but it could be good practice. So if you think about some of the projects you had on the list and, you know, let me think about how, you know, I, I feel like I added value to the business, just roll with it. What, how might you share the top few things that you think were most impactful? Um, I think I've definitely had several moments the past year where I've stepped up and taken more responsibility than was initially asked of me. Um, kind of taking on management roles without being considered a project manager. Um, And that came a lot from me being a new hire. I had a lot of time on my hands and a lot of people didn't have time on their hands. And so I was able to kind of just step into the role of uh, what people didn't have time for, essentially. Great. So let's, and this is great. So I love it. Just remember a little less of no, like, uh, kind of, you know, a couple of things I'm really proud of. One is I uh, I saw other folks were a bit overwhelmed. So I stepped in to manage some projects, which was great experience, blah, blah, blah. Subject, verb, subject, verb. Not, well, kind of, sort of. And I mm-hmm. you know, so you just, and I know you would do this. I'm just giving you a little sense of that. And um, as you're relaying that, just ch- track with your boss. She, she, oh, she may look surprised. And so you want to just be in connection with her. It can be easy to get in our own head. I got to tell her this and then I got to tell her that. And we're not necessarily um, as observant about how she's processing it. So just Mm -hmm. give yourself time to see if she looks shocked. Oh, let me just pause. Is that something that's surprising to you? Mm -hmm. You just want to make sure you're on the same page. Um, And I am curious if I put you on another spot, if you were to think about the areas I think I really want to grow in are, what would those be? Yeah, I think taking on a more formal role as a project manager and taking on clients and being the person that's in direct communication with the client, I would like to step up to that level of responsibility. That's great, Erin. I love to hear you say that. Why is it that you'd like to do that? Imagine your boss said that. Um, well, I can definitely speak to my previous experience, and that's kind of the role I had before coming to this company. And so I'm confident in my project management abilities and want to transfer that to this new role. Great. Great. All I want to encourage is more subject verb, subject verb. Keep your tone of voice, you know, higher sometimes. And I do this. I fade a little bit if I might be. So just keep it slow and keep it very um uh, you know, I guess the words is confident, just show, even though you're not saying you know everything, but you're like, look at, I know I can do it. Now, I presume that manager is going to give you some areas to develop. If she doesn't, how would you ask for that? Yes, that's something I definitely want to be part of the conversation. I think if it's all just talking about what I've done the past year, it's not really helping me grow. So I guess I'll ask you what's like, What's the best way to approach that? So I think, you know, the, when someone's really confident about, you know, I know I've got a lot of areas to grow in. So the sky's the limit there. So there's a humility, right? A lot to grow. And let's say her name is, is Laura. Laura, you know, I, I know we, we speak every other week and, and I'm 
two things. One is I'd love to hear from you directly any feedback that you're getting from others about what I'm doing. So that's one. And then two, Laura, I'd really appreciate, you know, given what we've talked about, what would you say are the top two areas that you would like me to focus on, you know, to, to be more impactful or to grow or to what, however the conversation is going. So just have those jotted down. And it's great to look at your notes. Do not feel like you can't look down. You're saying, look, I, I plan for this. Check, check, check. You know, you're an engineer. So go through, go through the list. And it's also great to just confirm. She will probably, I would love her to say, hey, what are you taking away from this, right? You might say, hey, or what are you taking away from our conversation? So play the role of really being a partner with her to demonstrate that, hey, Erin is fully engaged in developing herself, right? And it's not something that you're looking for someone else to do for you, but you're, you're there leading the charge. Yeah, definitely. Okay. We've covered a lot. Anything else on your mind? Um, no, I mean, you had mentioned like talking about my career pivot. I can talk briefly about that. Yes. I would love to hear that for the sake of other bright lights out there who are, uh, intentionally and actively developing their careers. Yeah. So, um, I hit the four year mark at working for this company and, um, the strange thing about it is like, there's nothing wrong. (laughs) And I think a lot of people start career searching when they are, um, having issues with their current company or situation. So there wasn't anything inherently wrong. I just was feeling like my career was not headed in the direction that I had envisioned it would. And I was actually on LinkedIn um, and uh, an old classmate of mine was posting some of the projects she was working on. And every time she posted something, I just thought it was the coolest work. And so I actually reached out to her after seeing like two or three projects that seemed awesome and just asked if I could talk to her for 15 minutes about what she does. And we had a wonderful conversation. She um, spoke so highly of the work she did and it all sounded very exciting and totally in line with how I envisioned my career going. So I kept in touch with her and she actually ended up going to grad school and leaving her position. And then she recommended me to take her position. <laughs> so it's kind of a cool story. <laughs> I love it. That's like, that is, you are the only one I know, literally, who's had <laughs> a, such a, a great LinkedIn experience. So you should write that up for them. That's fabulous. Yeah. That is awesome. Okay, my friend, I will just ask you from our little chat, what's your top takeaway? I think going in with confidence. Um, So I'm obviously thinking a lot about what I'm going to say, but I think it was great to hear that a big part of it is just how you come into the conversation and the energy you give off. So that's definitely something I want to keep in mind as I'm developing all the things I want to talk about. Okay. Well, I am cheering for you very brightly. I um, am wowed by you. Thank you for being this next generation and cleaning up the mess that my generation is (laughs) leaving for you. So Keep me posted. You know how to reach me. And if I can be of more help, I'm here for you. I um, Thank you for making time and calling in and being a big part of the solution, Erin. You take good care. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. So wonderful. Okay, folks, we are now heading to the windy city of Chicago. And a welcome back to Roger. Roger, thanks for making time today. You're very welcome. So I think we have a success story, and we and we just love to have you uh, share a little bit with uh, listeners here. 
Uh, and if there is anything I can help you with, I'm obviously happy to. Certainly. Um, well, obviously, uh, it's like one of those rejection to acceptance to promotion to uh, obviously in all in, I would certainly say, less than a year. And um, there was an organization that I served some time at for almost three years. And to be unexpectedly uh, laid off without warning, especially with all of what I contributed, um, but at, at the same time, I felt as though it was time for me to move on, uh, because I did just about everything that I was asked to do there. But when they gave me additional assignments and take on responsibilities and other roles without training, I had to take an additional time to spend to do all of those things. And because of course, the corporate, the new corporate entity that came in, they wanted to change up the, the norm of everything. So they started laying off all those in top tier positions. So within a matter of like eight hours after being laid off, I was getting an influx of phone calls from various uh, community partnerships that I worked in the industry of workforce development and uh, mostly in higher education. And to make a long story short, I would say on, the, on day 90 of me being laid off, I was hired by one of the community colleges here in Chicago. And underneath the tutelage of an amazing executive director, uh, I was given a lot of obligation and responsibility to really connect with people at the levels of manufacturing, supply chain, a lot of the workforce trades that would be influential for a lot of our young adults, and even people who are tenure professionals that wanted to maybe change up their career path later on in life. And so I was given the responsibility of managing an entire training center, something unlike I've not ever done before. And to have that type of responsibility to oversee uh, a significant number of transactions, I was responsible for uh, instructor agreements and all of these other things. And quite frankly, it was very much of a uh, surreal moment for me. And it was humbling as well. Uh, just to be given that opportunity where six months prior I was uh, looking for work and not understanding why it happened, but then God has a way of pushing you into your destiny when you're taking maybe a little bit too much, too long. And so with that, uh, I, I served the community college up until recently uh, with a wealth of uh, a lot of different things that I left out on a high note, especially with the lives that were changed and uh, helping the organization acquire 200 new community partnerships, both at the government and local levels, within a matter of just nine months. And that's just because of my, uh, my desire and I'm passionate about community. And obviously, with a lot of the recommendations that, uh, and articles that I will post on LinkedIn, it gathered the attention of... Uh, <laughs> A major university in this country, quite frankly, uh, which is definitely a beautiful moment for me. It was one of the universities that I originally, 30 years ago, wanted to play college football at. And due to that time and era when VHS, VHS tapes were being circulated throughout mail, obviously my tape never showed up to the college. And so with that, I wound up choosing another college. And so here it is 30 years later. And... Um, I was heavily recruited by them. Uh, obviously, I went through a two-week process of interviews, 
and I was competing against close to 40 other applicants. Come to find out, 37 of them were in that state, which, quite frankly, leaves me and two other people out of the state, and which, of course, uh, got me the opportunity to interview and even provide them some best practices, uh, especially with uh, when it came to grant funding and grant programs to help uh, create additional revenue and uh, opportunities for minorities to get capital if they just aspire to become business owners. And so when I painted that picture for them during the interview process, uh, they came back to me within two weeks, and they gave me an offer that I've not ever been... I, I would have never thought how quickly it came, and it was something that I had to wrestle with because that means I would have to up and pick up my family and leave the state of Illinois to go across to the West Coast. But the deciding factor for me, not just it, not, number one, it was prayer, and also the support of my wife and my two teenage sons. But the deputy vice president said something to me that I've not ever heard in the 25 years that I've been working since the age of 23. She said, I not only see you doing great things in this role, as well as also what you're going to do for the university. But Roger, I also feel you are going to do great things for this entire state. And that blew me away. And I knew right then and there that it was time for me to take that opportunity. So I effectively started on yesterday working remotely before within about a month or two, uh, my family and I will be relocating there. So that's a summary of what this amazing journey has been like for me. And it happened in less than a year. I have got the biggest smile on my face and a major high five for you. I could not be more proud of you because we've gone through some conversations over the years, right? Yeah. With tough times. Yeah. And I have to say your faith, you're taking the high road, Roger, and, and rolling with it really stand out for yeah. me. So, you know, I, I'm just so thrilled for you. And I just, you know, I think the example to listeners is there's a bit of trust the process Exactly. That I saw you do. You just leaned in big time, my friend. Yeah. And I also owe it to this, Molly, and that is during my time with the prior college that I just left, and I left on a very high note and, of course, with good rapport, uh, the college president and I had opportunities to speak. And I had the opportunity to attend what was called his inservitude, meaning his induction as the new college president. And he was a minority and being the 16th president of the college, and it was definitely a beautiful uh, ceremony. Uh, afterwards, he and I had an opportunity to speak. And he said, as, as, as disappointed, but yet thrilled to see me advance and disappointed to see me go, he says, Roger, I look forward to the day that I come to yours as well. And I said, to mine as well as what? He said, I can see you being the president of a college. That blew me away for him just to say that to me. And so just the amount of influence that and you just never know who you uh, is, who are, are watching you. But I think the reason why I say that this opportunity came basically was because one of my staff members that I was a uh, manager for, I fought for him to get a, a raise in his salary and a classification. 
because he's been with the college for 15 years. And so I had to sign off on his salary increase. And I just so happened to notice on there that his salary actually went up a little bit higher than mine. At first, I was like, wait a minute. If he's this, that member, and I'm a manager, how does that correlate? Immediately at that moment, God reminded me, he said, remember, I'll advance you in due season, but you fought for somebody else to get what they rightfully deserve. Don't worry about the dollar amount. Think about why you're here. Think about the service that you're providing. Remember, God was telling me, you, you're working for me. You're, they're, just a, they're just an entryway and a vessel, and I'm utilizing you. I'll elevate you in time. I said, okay. So I was excited for him, and I pushed the button to ensure that he gets what he rightfully deserves, and he was very well pleased. Who would have thought a month later the opportunity for me would come? Because I, I, I remained humble and I remained patient. And I didn't allow somebody else's advancement or anything else get in the way for what God had for me. And I had taken the evaluation of myself. And I said, sometimes we all have to be our own client. Every morning we get up and we look in the mirror, sometimes we want to service and help others be somebody else's client. You know, they'd be our clients. But sometimes we've got to look in the mirror and be our own client and do a self-examination, evaluation of who we really are, who we aspire to be. And if we do those things, um, we can see our lives going so much further. And then, of course, God will put the right destiny helpers around you in order to get to where you need to be. Roger, that is so brilliant. I, we just have to wrap it there. I, uh, you know, never know who's <laughs> watching you. The humility, the patience, the looking in the mirror, see who we are and who we aspire to be. And know, folks, how powerful one's encouragement can be to someone to see themselves in a way that they may not see. And Roger, I am here for you. I am cheering for you hugely. And I can't thank you enough for being a big part of the solution, my friend. You take good care. Thank you very much, Molly. Take care. Oh, folks, bring that on. I mean, that is what we need in the world. Um, Okay, so before I wrap, I promised a bit more on change. That is the only constant. And I wanted to follow up my mini class from last month about embracing change with your team and being more successful at it. So I'm going to start with a quick shout out to Janet Frude, who founded Horizon Leadership in Ontario, Canada. I did uh, my coaching training and learned her awesome material uh, uh, that she provided. So I'm going to share three different styles, uh, her styles of adapting to change. Leapers, road builders, tradition holders. So leapers get things going. Road builders improve and smooth the way. Tradition holders preserve important parts of the organization's history. So I want you to think about yourself. I'm going to read a little bit on each. So leapers, they're enthusiasts about change enjoy new things, consider themselves pioneers, tolerant of prototype errors, enjoy the stimulation of being on the cutting edge. They can become bored easily, want to move on to the next new thing. Providing they approve of the change, they can be real change agents to help the whole organization go over its edge. Leapers are excellent at starting change initiatives, but they can be disturbers when they're restless or bored. Road builder, prefer to wait a bit and see how the change works out like to know the how, the what, and the why of the change before they sign on for something. Respond well to data and information, often research the change initiative, 
once on board, they create the second wave that moves the organization solidly forward. They took the time to think about things and they often add improvements to the initiative or act as articulate spokespeople for it. And road builders take the raw new idea and popularize it, making it easier for others to follow. Lastly, tradition holders, they're more suspicious of change. Often they've been around a long time and feel that the more things change, the more they say the same. Often labeled as resistant, they, are, they actually hold the, the culture and the history of their organization. And they usually have a lot of knowledge about who to talk to, how to get things done. And they champion the traditional ways to, that things have to get done. So their job is to protect what's good about the old, ensure that the baby isn't thrown out with the bathwater. They're really watchdogs during change. So I just want to offer, consider your dominant style, you know, what's natural for you. Perhaps you see yourself as a leaper at work. However, what about going every Sunday night to the same favorite place for dinner, right? So be honest about the, the range you might have. It's easier to think that one's better than the other. The fact is we really need all styles. So I just want to encourage as teams, you can come together um, and discuss strengths and liabilities. You come up and think about tips for the best way to work with each other um, so that you minimize the liability and maximize the strength. Think about that as coaching the others on how to get the best out of you and then come back and do a readout. It's a great way to create some uh, team awareness. So I hope that that gives you folks a different lens to embrace all the different styles of adapting to change. Um, and I'm going to close with my thought for the week from Jack Clark, the University of California head rugby coach. He has led teams to many national championships, produced many All-American student athletes. Once people know you care, they're going to listen to you more. And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways. And no, I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality. Essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in your life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 